This is BYU Sports Nation, brought to you by the BYU Store, simulcast on BYU-TV and BYU-Radio. Now, from Studio B, your hosts, Jerem Jordan and Jason Shepard. BYU Sports Nation is live, your day-to-day play-by-play in Studio B, presented by the BYU Store, official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. It is Wednesday, August 4th. Oh, we're getting close to fall camp, baby. Thanks for being here. I'm Jerem Jordan, teamed up with a man who's all about the blues, Jason Shepard. Like the music genre? The blues? The blues St. Brothers? Louis blues? Yeah. No. Uh, Brett Hull? No. <laughs> wow, way to go back in the archives. That's the only St. Louis blues player I can name. That's, yeah. that's, I I, no you know what? I'm with you on that one. That's, not, that's pretty good, actually. Uh, but no, the blues. Like, this, this should be the, uh, the tip-off here because uh, I'm wearing the Royal. Yeah, And it was announced yesterday oh, yeah. that BYU football, week one against Arizona, is going to be in the Royal what's, uh, the Royal Rush, Rush is what it's being called, yes. I think they're playing off what the NFL did on Thursdays, and st- used to do until they realized certain colorblind people couldn't see certain colors, <laughs> is ro- the, the uh, you know, the, it's the rush. color rush. Yes, the color the rush. The color rush is yes. what they called it, yes. The Seahawks wore an all-neon green that was like, holy shnikes! So, yeah, so uh, I'm wearing the Royal uh, because that's apparently what BYU is going to be wearing week one. All Royal. All Royal. Including the helmet. The, uh, which I love. That's We've cool. seen the All Royal before. Cool. We just have not seen it with the Royal helmet. Yes. Now we're going to get a chance to see that, so I'm very excited. Yeah, it's awesome. Shout out to uh, Billy Nixon and the homies with BYU Equipment and Player Experience. They're doing a great job. So, BYU in Arizona, how many days away? Countdown to the Wildcats. 31 days. One month. We want to reiterate that the night before, we're going to do a fan fest in Vegas at uh, Craig Ranch Regional Park. We'll have an hour of that live on BYU TV as well. So that will be great. Hey, we're one month away, bro. It's like, it's happening. It's here. It's happening. It is. It is. It's on. The, it's it's in my uh, my Franklin planner. I'm ready to go. I know. And the fact that you still have that is pretty cool. <laughs> it's true to your age. Here's your show lineup. Kalani's. <laughs> <laughs> Kalani Satake joins the program to preview fall camp. We have a lot of good questions, or so we think, for the head ball coach. Our top 10 most important players list. Jason and I differ on that list. We'll talk about it. 10 and 10 presents traditions among the opponents. And where do the Cougars rank on a list of the biggest brands in college football, according to Big Game Boomer, who has given us content this summer. Let's get to some headlines, Jason. And let's be honest, if we're bringing it up, it's not because BYU's... <laughs> BYU's 68. Yeah, no, trust me, no, no absolutely not. All right, we talked about it. We're all excited. BYU football players reporting for camp today, practice beginning tomorrow. We mentioned this uh, yesterday. Don't forget, follow BYU TV Sports for coverage on Instagram for post-practice interviews. We're going to have it all for you. Freshman linebacker Tavite Ganier posted via Instagram that he will miss this season with an Achilles injury. Ganier was going to have a chance to crack the two deep and play on special teams, so good luck to Tavita and his recovery. BYU basketball making the signing of Seneca Knight official this morning. The six foot seven San Jose State transfer or LSU transfer, even though he never played for the Tigers. Go Tigers! Go, uh, go Tigers! Average seventeen points in his last full season. Yeah, that's a that's a nice addition. We'll talk yes, about it, it a little bit later. Excited about that, and I think the roster's done. So let's go. Yoli Childs finished with ten points and three rebounds in the summer league debut with the Los Angeles Lakers. Uh, he is the only Laker under thirty years old. Uh, Yoli in LA continues. Barely. Play. 
<laughs> the California Classic tonight against the Sacramento Kings. <laughs> Alicia May Mateo moves on at the U.S. Women's Amateur after shooting par and tying for sixth place. Michael Rucker and his mustache had, we made it! We did it, little guy! Had three strikeouts in one and two-thirds innings pitched, and the Cubs lost against the Rockies yesterday. USA Women's Volleyball and former Cougar player and assistant coach Lucas Slabe move on to the semifinals after sweeping the Dominican Republic. Friday's match against Serbia will determine what medal the United States will play for. And Gig, a Utah software company, signed a one-year deal with the Built for Life program. Gig is paying 250 k and is the marquee sponsor. Very nice. All right. Oh, I do want to wait, wait, wait. I want to add one. Andy Vasquez, Jets uh, reporter, says strong red zone performance by Zach Wilson as practice comes to an end. Seven of eight in the red zones uh, in seven on seven. Got a bunch of tight ends involved. So there you go. Zach Wilson crushing in practice right now. All rise and shout. It's time for What's Trending. You're talking about it, and so are we. It's What's Trending on BYU Sports Nation. Today, the players report for BYU football. Ah, they get the swag, they get the cleats, they get ready. Tomorrow is the first practice. So, Jason, let's talk about this. Who are the 10 most important players for BYU going into fall camp? You and I have a different list, but let's walk through it. A first four, we agree. agree. The first four, yes. yes. So, first one, Jaron Hall. We, we both, you think Jaron Hall will be the starter? Yes, and we're, okay. we're not going with the quarterback because yeah. we don't know. We're yes. saying Jaron Hall. We're just straight up saying Jaron Hall. Obvious reasons, the quarterback, okay? Number two, Tyler Algier. Mm-hmm. He's going to have a breakout season, right? <laughs> Look. I feel like, no, he's, he's a 1,000-yard rusher yes, that returns. and 1,100-yard. 7.5 yards per carry, second BYU. Why do we shortchange people? We say just they're a 1,000-yard rusher. But if they go over 1,000, why don't we give them the 1,100? He's an 1,100-yard rusher. <laughs> He is, he is uh, one of the best running backs coming back in college. Yes. Which is breakout. very exciting. He's, very, he's breaking out. He broke out. Uh, number three, Peyton Wilgar, quarterback in the defense. Yes. Middle linebacker. Cam Miller says he's going to be the highest draft pick for BYU should he come out after this year. He thinks he's high as second round. Like, he's really high on Peyton. Peyton Wilgar is going to be a massive influencer on the defense. There's no question about it. I mean, he's going to be signal caller, all that. I mean, that's one of those things that – you know, and we talked about this in terms of like uh, quarterback, you whatnot. Linebacker position at BYU has turned out to be very, very important. Is he the next Fred Warner, Sione Takitaki type for BYU? Fred played on the if outside, if, inside in the if NFL. If you're being talked about as a possible second round pick by some people, then yeah, you're in that. You're in that conversation. There's no question about it. Okay, Peyton Wilgar, uh, number three. Okay, number four. We both agreed on this. What did the blind side teach us? That a left tackle was extremely valuable. So Blake Freeland. And that um, Sandra Bullock is a fantastic actress. <laughs> we didn't know that before? Well, I'm just saying it reiterated it. Oh, I thought in net in the 90s that proved that. Remember it, how crazy it was when she ordered a pizza online? We're like, what is this? <laughs> this is insane. It was insane. Like Blake Freeland could be. Blake Freeland, <laughs> like five years ago, <laughs> was a quarterback. <laughs> like at 6'8". And now he's a 6'8", 300-plus left tackle. Replacing Brady Christensen, who, one of the greatest offensive linemen in BYU history, first team All-American by the AP, and uh, you know, I was told by one staff, uh, one person, um, not on the staff, uh, someone else, hey, he didn't take a play off, and he didn't have a bad play. So that kind of consistency is tough to replace. They feel very good about Blake Freeland at left tackle. Yeah, and it's such an important part of the offensive line and your quarterback play and especially when you've got a guy that in speaking of Jaron Hall that is mobile we saw that certainly with Zach Wilson it's just such a it's 
it is the the spot on the offensive line that gets the most attention. Assuming your quarterback's right-handed. That well, that if is your quarterback's left-handed. Yes, it then it right-handed. goes to the other side. But yeah. yes, Blake Freeland, we agree through the first four. Yep. those in order that we agree. This is where things start to differ. Okay, number five. Who you got? I, I'm going with Tyler Batty, and the reason I'm going with Tyler Batty next is because, in my opinion, he is the guy at the position. I think that right now we wonder the most about in terms of the defensive line. And so with some questions because of, of the production that you lost at that, at that position and the type of players you lost, that he is the one that I think is going to garner the most attention. I think he's the guy that stands out immediately. So for me, I say Tyler Batty, number five. Yeah, five. I've got Chaz Ayu, uh, strong safety on the back end, transitioning to a regular starter at that uh, spot. Coming off of injury, uh, you know, with, with what, both ankles? Um, I, yeah, Chaz Ayu is going to have a massive impact on this team as well. Okay, so we differ on five. Number six. Where do you go with six? You start this one I, I go James Empe. I go the center. Um, he had a tremendous 2019. Kind of got an ankle injury in 2020 that set him back a little bit. Not quite the PFF grades and conversation around him like uh, 2019. But the center uh, anchors that offensive line as well. Left tackle is certainly important on that blind side, but it starts with James Empey, and he's really good. I expect him to have a, a great season. Uh, sixth, I went with Gunnar Romney, and we saw what type of deep threat. We knew how good he was when he came out of high school. And last year was the year where, speaking of breakout players, where he certainly broke out. The deep threat that BYU— so he broke out, but Tyler didn't? <laughs> they both did, but— <laughs> Tyler's going to continue to break He'll out. He'll break and, out more. Yes. Uh, so I yeah, went, I went with Gunner. Because of his deep threat, that is so important to what BYU wants to do. And because he's there, it opens so much up in the intermediate areas. Guys like Isaac Rex and whatnot, who you may hear his name coming up very quickly. So I'm going with Gunnar Romney at number six. Gunnar Romney was given a great and terrible nickname by Spencer Linton. The best receiver in the country between the two. Yes. Because he didn't really yes. get into the end zone. Had two touchdowns, 19.7 yards per catch. Deep threat, like yes. you talked about. That was tremendous. Okay, I go, um, yeah, as mentioned with James Emmy. Okay, to number seven. I go high here, real high, on Jake Oldroyd. Mm-hmm. Here's why. If you're playing seven power fives, and some of these games are, you know, going to be close, field goals will play a factor. Making all the PATs will be a factor. Jake Goldroyd was a Lou Groza finalist. He was one of the best in the country, if not the best kicker. He made multiple kicks from 50-plus. We will see him at some point in the next three years break the BYU record for longest field goal, 56 yards. Um, Jake Goldroyd, to me, is a massive difference maker, a point scorer. Uh, I, for number seven, I'm going with Isaac Rex. An unbelievable, the Elk. Yes, the Elk. An unbelievable freshman season with 12 touchdowns and truly... It, it reminded you of the greats. that I mean, obviously, with Matt Bushman before Isaac Rex and Dennis Pitt, I know you don't like to mention. Who? Yeah, exactly. But, he, had, I mean, he had a great and, BYU career. Like Andrew Bushman. George, yeah, Chad yeah. Lewis, the list goes on and on. Isaac Rex, absolutely <laughs> in that mix. And I think his importance this year, do we expect 12 touchdowns? I don't know if we expect 12. No. But is, he, is it capable of it? Well, certainly capable of it. But his... His biggest impact may be the, the fact that the attention he gets will open up other people. 
For one, Dallin Holker as well. Well, Dallin Holker so, so, obviously is back, but uh, the receivers yeah. as well. Yes. He is He is absolutely a threat. We know that he's a threat, but he is going to garner so much attention from the opposing defense that that will open things up for other people. So that's why I went with Isaac Rex at number seven. Yeah, Isaac's going to be awesome. Um, I have Isaac uh, a little lower, but uh, still on the list. I go uh, you know, I, I go with uh, Jake Oldroyd at seven. There. Okay, eight. Uh, Ty- I put Tyler Batty. Okay. All the reasons you mentioned. Yes. New face, played a little bit, got hurt, but uh, the coaching staff really high on him. Yeah, and I went with Chaz Ayu at number eight, and I, I love his skill set. And again, he just hasn't been able to be on the field enough to show what he can do. I'm excited to see him yeah. in that position, you know, in that kind of that hybrid area. I, I like. Well, I- less hybrid for him this year. He's yes. playing strength safety. Yes, but, but you, can still, you can still bring him up. And right. you can, and we've seen so many of these positions are interchangeable, and you can move guys around. Yeah, he's a fast backer. Yes, I I love him wherever he's playing. Yeah, and so that's why I went with eight. Number nine, uh, I go Gunnar Romney here uh, for all the reasons you mentioned. Yeah, he's going to be a tremendous deep threat with Puka Nakua and Samson Nakua and Chase Roberts and Cody Epps and Keanu Hill, and I'm stoked about that. Neil Pau, sorry, I should have mentioned Neil like third or fourth. Um, that's that's a fun group right there. I'm stoked. Yeah, ninth, I went with James Empey. The the center quarterback relationship is just so important. If for no other reason than than just the the handoff, you know what I mean? Just snapping yep. the ball. Yep. So having a guy like James Empey that you know is so good and is not going to make mistakes, to have him back for another season is really important. So I have him at number nine. Okay, 10, I mentioned Isaac Rex, as, as you uh, mentioned. I don't think he'll have 12 touchdown catches in another season in his career. That was unbelievable. And the competition is going to be tougher, and Dallin Holker's back. But I expect Isaac to have somewhere between six and eight um, touchdown catches with this loaded group. Number 10 for me, I went with Samson Nakua. And, don't cut the hair. And look, and you don't want to shortchange anybody by just saying the Nakua brothers. I, I, I'm going with Samson. Yeah, that'd be cheating on this. <laughs> yes, it would. <laughs> you get a 10 and a 10A. I, I'm going with Samson only because he's played more. I, I, and this is, this is his last. A little, little more proven. A little more proven, but it's yep. also his last opportunity to play. Yep. And so I'm expecting, big th- I'm expecting big things from Puka as well. But I, I've got my eye on Samson and what he can do. So to review my list, uh, our first four are the same. Hall, Algier, Wilgar, Freeland. Then we differ. Uh, I go Ayu, Empey, Oldroyd, Batty, Romney, Rex. Who are your uh, And starting five with five, two? I go Batty, Gunnar Romney, Isaac Rex, Chaz Ayu, James Empey, and Samson Nakua. Okay, our question of the day. What's your reaction to the BYU-Royal Rush uniform combo for the Arizona game? Let's get to the Voice of the Nation. This is the Voice of the Nation on BYU Sports Nation. At Kip Kent on Twitter, I love the combination of tradition, royal blue plus traditional striping, and innovation, matching helmet color and face mask. It's cool and nostalgic all at the same time. I'm a jumble of emotions in a good way. Yeah, it's good stuff, man. At MVK Reg, or Craig, it's a great home team look for all of BYU's games in their Southern Stadium. That's nice. right. Cougar Stadium South, as Brian Keel once called it. I think he meant to say Lavelle Edwards Stadium, but it had been Cougar Stadium for <laughs> only four, you know, changed for four years at that point. It'll be a good look against Notre Dame as well. Ooh. Ooh in 2023. Still waiting for an official announcement, if that's the case. Well, we have yeah. Raising Canes now. Now we're just waiting for Notre Dame to come to Provo. 
<laughs> so many other things. Dude, come to Provo as well. I love it. Continue to weigh in on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. All right, coming up with the Jets' latest signing, should Zach Wilson start watching his back? Oh, boy. And the head coach of the Cougars, Kalani Satake. We've got questions. Fall camp tomorrow. Let's go. The head ball coach will join us next. This is BYU Sports Nation. BYU Sports Nation is presented by the BYU Store, official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. Football season is almost here, and BYU TV is sending two BYU football fans to the season opener against Arizona in Las Vegas. One grand prize winner gets a trip for two, including the flight, transportation, and lodging, plus tickets to the game. Five second-place winners will receive a BYU football fan pack and a Roku. How about that? Mm. All right, so here's how it's happening. Daily on BYU Sports Nation, we are going to reveal the word of the day. Once you have the word for that day, go to BYU Sports Nation on Twitter, Instagram, or Facebook to enter. Winners will be selected and uh, random entries, um, and at a random, excuse me, uh, entries uh, do not guarantee a prize. So if you're wondering what today's word is, today's word is Kalani. Again, oh, heard of him. today's word is Kalani. Okay, welcome back to the show. Jerem Jordan alongside Jason Shepard in Studio B. We now welcome to the program the head coach of the BYU Cougars, who according to ESPN yesterday was listed as the fifth toughest college football coach in the country. Four was Kyle Whittingham, three was Ed Orgeron, two, Mario Cristobal, one, Pat Fitzgerald. So, Kalani, first off, welcome to the program. And second, do you think you could win an arm wrestling contest against Kyle Whittingham? I could beat all those guys in arm wrestling contests. (laughs) (laughs) Cristobal looks like he works out a lot. Yeah, they're older than I am, I think, but I don't know. uh, We'll have to settle it on on the... uh, Remember that movie, Over the Top? Maybe we can. Oh, oh yeah, of course. Love Over that movie. Classic. Yeah, I'll flip the hat around. And- oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Got to hold the wrist, you know, at the last second. Then boom. Yeah, I love that you just brought that uh, movie up. That's great. Hey, what do you think it means? I mean? had no idea they. I had no idea they they did such a thing. I mean, I, I think it, that's a sign that we need to get back to football because <laughs> who knows what other list they'll come up with. <laughs> hey, trust us. There's just, always a just, list, Kalani, we can find. There's something. We just put out a list of the uh, you know top 10 most important players going into camp and whatnot. But let's start with this. So players are reporting today. The season starts tomorrow. How differently do you feel about the whole situation given what happened last year versus this year, which still isn't fully regular? There's still some nuance to this being in the pandemic, but boy, is it better. Yeah, I think I think the key is that we know who our first opponent is for sure, and we know where we're going to be. And um, I think we, you know the fact that we have a schedule in place and we can scout our guys. We, the, all the work that we've done during the summer is going to pay off. But uh, I think focusing in on Arizona and uh, trying to get our install and all that stuff, it gives us a little bit more a feel of normalcy. Normalcy, and so uh, you know we're just hoping to have. Uh, you know, similar results and try to perform at our best and see what happens uh, with our offense, defense, and special teams. But really looking forward to uh, just starting uh, fall camp in, in as much normal circumstances compared to last year. What is this time of year like for you as the head coach? You know, I have the off season and now it really is time to get back to work. Yeah. I mean, I, I think it's for me, I, I'm just, you know, it's an honor for me to be here and it's an honor for me to be involved with this program and with these young men and with the fans. So I, I'm more than anything, 
Um, I'm really uh, thankful to be here and looking forward, uh, especially this year, to, to seeing the fans and uh, performing for them and, and, and getting uh, an opportunity to play in front of a, a packed house. Uh, that's going to be a lot of fun. But I think we could. there's a lot of things that we've done in the last year and, and things that we've done since the offseason began to to put some really cool things in place with some really uh, good talent and uh, just – more than anything, just uh, glad that football season is back again. Every year, obviously, is going to have its own feel. What's the feeling, what's the vibe with this team heading into fall camp right now? Yeah, I think there's a lot of excitement just going into the season. And uh, we have some new faces. Obviously, we have some competition uh, going on in, in, in a lot of different positions. And so um, I, I feel like, uh, for the most part, the foundation is set. Uh, right now, we just have to get back to competing and seeing who wins the starting spots. I think uh, the the key of trying to get our guys as uh, physical and, and as aggressive as possible, but uh, at the same time, trying to uh, build team chemistry and keep uh, having our culture thrive is going to be really important in the next month. And I'm really looking forward to it. our players uh, implementing all of their ideas and then collaborating with them and then leading uh, this team and into uh, into that game against Arizona. Last year, you've mentioned that you were very proud of the fact that you were able to get a lot of guys playing time in games. Luckily, when you have a big lead, you can get some of the backups in, right? Um, what what kind of impact do you feel like those backups will have in spots where, hey, maybe they're starters now? Well, we saw a lot of those young men play for the first time in, in, in quality reps, and that's hard to simulate game game type of reps. Uh, in a practice. And so whenever we had an opportunity to get those guys on the field, it was important. A lot of them made mistakes last year, and we saw them grow and get better throughout the process of the season and playing for the first time compared to playing in, in the bowl game against UCF. Saw a lot of improvement. And the unfortunate part about COVID is that we we didn't have everybody available to play with uh, and didn't even have all our coaches for all our games. But the, the other side of that is that a lot of these young men got opportunities to play uh, valuable reps and um, and we saw that you know they, they could we could replace coaches and replace uh, players uh, with what we have right now so going into the season I think we're gonna have to lean on the experience a lot but also uh, the excitement of new guys coming along I mean we saw guys like Dax Milne and, and Zach Wilson take a huge step forward and hopefully we can see that. Uh, form in, in the next couple weeks. You just mentioned, you know, a lot of different position battles. Certainly fans are going to gravitate towards the quarterback position, fans and media. Let's be perfectly honest about that. Uh, but what are the other position battles that really have your attention heading into this camp? Well, the, it's not really the other position battles. It's, it's uh, who's available to play. I, I think we have a good number of players that, that can battle. I mean, the starting spots is just to see who – who gets uh, uh, snap number one. But from there on out, we're, we're, we feel like we need to have more than 11 starters on offense and more than 11 on defense. We have to be able to rely on different personnel sets. And so it would be good to have as many as possible. I would love to have a team full of 110 possible starters, you know, and, and uh, right now in camp going with 110 personnel or group uh, people, uh, we need to try to get as many of those as possible. And obviously the the best will be the guys that take the first snap, but to have an opportunity to use so many different people 
and create depth. That's going to be really key for us. Um, we're going to, you know, obviously we're going to have to put our guys through some uh, physical play during the next month to get us ready for the game. But there's a lot of guys that I think we, we know we can count on. Uh, it's just going to be a matter of um, having those guys battle it out and playing the best ones. We're talking with Kalani Sitake, head coach of the BYU football team here on BYU Sports Nation. Certainly internally, Kalani, you could name a starter and keep that hidden and uh, go with that and then roll out whoever you want, right, on the game day versus Arizona. Do you have a plan of, of okay, if we know the guy, are we saying it out loud or not? Do you want to keep that close to the vest? And is there any timeline associated with at least internally identifying who this person could be? I don't think I can um, really forecast how that's going to work right now. Uh, I know that we're able to, to let this thing go out to a certain point, but at some time, the team, the players, uh, they all need to know, even including the fans, they need to know who's going to be the guy uh, taking the first snap. And so um, I don't know how quickly that's going to that's going to come out, but um, as soon as, as someone has separated themselves and, and – pretty much earn that spot, then we'll, we'll name it. I think that's that's the right thing to do. But uh, if, it, if it goes a little bit longer, then, then so be it. We have to just keep competing. And um, I know we have to name a starter before the game, but I don't know when and how that's going to that's gonna take place in the next uh, next couple of weeks. I, I think right now we're, we're kind of just open to whatever happens. And really, uh, I'm, I'm okay if someone earns it right away. I'm okay naming it as early as possible, and I'm, I'm okay – making sure that we uh, do it the right way and that they earn it, even if it takes up to the last week. And so uh, in terms of the fans need to know, you, you're okay saying that publicly pre-game day? Yeah, I think, I mean, people will start to know already. I, I don't know if it's, um, I'm not really interested in trying to keep things secret. I'm just, uh, I, I believe that eventually the team will see it. And I think um, the timing, if it's right, makes sense and I don't know if it, it gets you any advantage to to say that it's not going to be anyone until you know I, I just think of the old days of where people thought that was an advantage I don't know how much of an advantage it really is uh, I, I want our quarterback feeling confident going into the season and feeling confident when they earn the, the starting spot that um, that once we knew that it was done the first game is obviously against Arizona. It's a team that you've played in the past. However, they're going to they're gonna be different. They have a new head coach, so obviously philosophies are going to change. Things are going to change. So how do you prepare for an Arizona team? Or, or I guess, yeah, how, how are you handling that, not necessarily knowing everything that you're going to see in week one? Yeah, that, that's, that's the, the difficult part is we don't know exactly what they're going to try to do on offense, defense, and special teams. And so we kind of have to be ready for a lot of different things. And then the fortunate part, um, you know, we have a lot of time to, to kind of think of some things that, that we're going to see and, and and maybe predict. But uh, when it comes down to it, they, they have the upper hand in the fact that we don't have a lot of film on, on, on them and their personnel. What we do know is what the coaches have done in other places and um, their identity and what we think they try to do you know, their philosophy on things. But until we get to the game, we really won't know anything. And so right now we're, we're, we're just got to prepare our guys to be ready for all of it. And then even for some things that, that we know they may do that we, we haven't seen before, but for the most part, it's just got to be ready for whatever comes our way. And 
uh, I think our guys are, are you know, interested and excited to learn as much as they can. And we'll see what, what Arizona brings to the table. But I, I know they have a lot of talent. They have a really good coaching staff. And there's a lot of excitement going into this game. And so we're going to focus on us being our best. And I think I feel really comfortable with our chances if we can get that done. Claudia, there was so much good that happened in 2020 with this group, so much confidence for the program. And, uh, you know, nationally people noticed what BYU did, and it was respected. And Zach Wilson, number two pick, and Brady Christensen, high draft pick as well, and all these guys. What connective tissue is there from last season to this season with some of the returners, but also a lot of new guys? I think the key is the foundation's been set in the program. We've, we've done it for a while and uh, developed this culture. It took some time to, to get um, really in a position where I think a lot of people can thrive. And, and we've learned a lot, a lot of things along the way. And so I feel really good about the foundation. It's just a matter of who's going to be the quarterback and who's going to be the, the, the guys playing on the field. Um, I feel good about the system. I feel good about the coaches in place and, um, you know, we'll see who the guys are that started emerging from camp. That's what it's going to come down to. But I feel like, for the most part, um, we we know who we are. We know our, our our identity on on all three phases, and we're going to keep building on that and and see what these new um, this new talent brings to the table, and see how we can implement what they bring um, along with what we have. And then we have to be open to to play our best guys and, and see what we can do scheme wise to get our best situation on offense, defense, and special teams. And that we're open for all that. I, I feel comfortable with the coaches and I feel comfortable with, with our, our system in place right now. And let's finish with this. Uh, certainly you're the head coach of the team, and this is probably a holistic question, but I still want to get your opinion on it. Obviously, Texas and Oklahoma to the SEC is shaking things up. There's a lot of conversation nationally. BYU in a Power 5 league would be, uh, or a Power League would be a great thing. Are you hoping for more chaos to create more need to have BYU invited into a power league at some point? I'm not even worried about that. And, and um, our, our team is not focused on that. That's a Tom Homo question. And so for us, we'll be focused on Arizona. We'll be focused on being the best we can and uh, stuff that we can control, which is how we perform on September 4th against Arizona in Vegas. That's what we're going to focus on. Uh, we have guys right now that are just focused on trying to win starting spots and trying to earn playing time. Uh, last thing we need them to worry about is, is what's going to happen with conference stuff and all that. Maybe we'll just say winner gets a bid to the Pac-12 from the Arizona game. That would be funny. <laughs> Kalani, we appreciate we <laughs> Kalani, we appreciate the time. Uh, we're one month away from the BYU-Arizona game. That's going to fly by, and, and soon we'll be kicking off and playing football again. We're stoked. I'm excited. Thanks, guys. Go Cougs. Thanks, Kalani. Go Cougs, indeed. That's Kalani Sataki, the head coach of the BYU Cougars. So interesting to, for, from his standpoint of, yeah, last year was last year, mm-hmm. but it's not being ignored in yes. the, okay, there is a connective tissue in terms of the confidence that this team has that, hey, we can win and be super relevant. Yes, the schedule's different, but we've talked about these seven power fives. To me, there are four games where I go, hey, BYU can absolutely win those, and then the three that are sort of uh, tougher and toss-up types. I'm excited to see this group develop because there's a lot of leadership carried over from last year despite the loss to the NFL. Yeah, and we've had this conversation. There's There was just something about last year and the way the team played 
and therefore then carried themselves that I agree with you 100%. They believed, man. They, the, they bought in, they believed, and they had the success on the field. That's something that you can take from one season to the next. And that will manifest itself in a different way. Yes. It's not going to be 11-1 and one this year. That's, it's a different that, group. Yes, but 8 or 9 will be yes. equivalent yes. given who you're playing. Yep. All right, coming up, Jerem's 10-10 and 10 football traditions. And how many top 25 teams will BYU football play this year? ESPN's got a list out. We'll tell you what we think. This is BYU Sports Nation. This portion of BYU Sports Nation is presented by Visible Supply Chain Management. After further review is back. Call it AFR. You can watch the season debut as Dave McCann, Blaine Fountain, and David Nixon. They reviewed the most exciting scoring plays from the 2020 football season. AFR available on demand on the BYU TV app. There were almost 70 touchdowns scored last year. I think they showed 56 of them. <laughs> just like tons of touchdowns. That's fun awesome. when you have that many that you can go over. That, that's exactly right. What it would have been like to play in the 80s. Uh, he is Jason. I am Jeremy. This is BYU Sports Nation. Let's whip it. Good Whip Round is presented by Visible Supply Chain Management, tackling America's most challenging shipping problem. Okay, you mentioned this going into the break. The ESPN College Football Expert Preseason Top 25 has two BYU opponents included in it. USC at number 13, Arizona State at 25. So at the end of the year, BYU will have played how many games versus top 25 teams, do you think? Now, this is a dual question. At the time and end of season, I think it's the same answer, and I think it's three. I think that Utah, Arizona State, and USC could be at the timers. Mm -hmm. And then at the end of the season, I think there will be three that emerge. I don't know if someone else shows up that's really good that we didn't expect, Baylor or someone like that. But I think USC and Utah are pretty pretty much going to be top 25 in the end of the season. Yeah, I'm, I'm with you. Mine is three, and it's the same team. I, I think Utah's the one you look at as a, as a top 25 team by the end of the year. You know, obviously they're going to have to bounce back after a week two loss. But, right, right. You know, no, I see what you did so there. see, after, you know. Yeah. They'll have, but the thing is, they'll have time after because they have most of their schedule left. <laughs> Indeed. We know the Arizona game uniform, a royal rush. So what uniform do you want BYU to wear against Utah? In week two. I like the idea. Look, they've gone the last couple of years with Utah wearing the all-red, BYU going with the all-royal blue. Yeah. So I like going with the all-royal like we've seen. It's oh, so repeat into week repeat two. Repeat in week two, with absolutely. That helmet. Yeah. That, I, think that, that's, I think that works. I would like that too, but my guess is that they'll wear the white helmet just to mix it up. Okay. I, I, they have so many combinations. I yes. think they're going to do something different. And you may even see white pants or something. Who knows? Okay. But I think Royal Union, they'll stick with that. Yeah. Because they have. They, yeah, that's the way Crimson it is. Crimson and Royal. Correct. Yep. Yes. Yep. All right. Big game boomer. <laughs> so much content this time. He really has provided us with, with quite a bit. And we or appreciate her. We don't it. Know that it's yes. His recent list has BYU as the 10th biggest brand in college football. Look, and let, let's just give you an idea of the top 10. Yeah. Notre Dame number one. Yeah. Texas number two. Ohio State, number three, followed by Alabama, Oklahoma, Nebraska, Auburn, Michigan, Oregon, and then at number 10, the BYU Cougars. So, Jerem, does this solidify BYU's resume in terms of possible P5 expansion? No. I wish it did. How dare you? I wish the big game boomer uh, weighed in more heavily. (laughs) Ahead of Penn State, USC, Miami, Tennessee, Florida State, LSU, Texas A&M, Clemson. 
Ahead of Clemson? By the way, Utah Clemson's 32nd. top five right now. I'm sorry. Utah came in at 32. Yeah. That's a moral victory for BYU. And this would put, based off of Big Game Boomer, and because it has BYU in a favorable light, we hold a lot Send of- this to the Pac-12 headquarters. So, so Send this, this to Bob Bullsby. This means that in the Pac-12, BYU would be is the number two biggest brand behind Oregon, ahead of USC. And it, if you're taking Texas and Oklahoma out of the Big 12, of the remaining teams in the Big 12, BYU would be the biggest brand. What's the source again? Uh, according to his agent, the New York Jets have signed veteran quarterback Josh Johnson, who has uh, bounced in, out, and around the league since very 2008. Very generic name. Uh, I'm being asked to read this sentence. Should Zach Wilson be worried about his starting spot? Look, unless uh, Josh Johnson is going to cash a $22.5 million check in about a week. 23.5. Excuse me. That you 20. literally left off a million dollars. <laughs> Isn't it fun when you can? That you I don't would know be what in the like. situation where that you know you could make that mistake. Yeah, yeah. Uh, no, he has nothing to worry about. This is all about depth. I'm not even going to answer this question it's so bad. <laughs> okay. All right. BYU hoops makes the Seneca Knight transfer official. What impact do you expect from Seneca Knight, not Seneca Wallace? Seneca Wallace, maybe Seneca Knight could be a starter. Six seven, two fifteen, super long, very athletic, great in transition. Seventeen a game at San Jose State his last full season. He played four games and then opted out last year. I think he could be a defender that BYU was missing in the UCLA game against Johnny Juzang and those guys. BYU doesn't have a long defender like that at kind of the three. Yep. Gideon George probably is right. the closest thing. Caleb Lohner is not a three. He's more of a four. So I'm excited about his impact on both ends of the game. Yeah, I, I'm going in. I'm, I'm somewhat expecting him to be one of the starters. and Assuming he gets a transfer waiver because that, he's already yes. transferred. So, yeah. but here's the thing. Not a great shooter, but he's a great scorer. Well, maybe BYU's coaching staff can emphasize you, the efficiency. Yes. Don't shoot this shot, shoot this shot. But this the, spot. the fact that yeah. he is a scorer, I love I love the fact that he can be that wing defender and he's he's long. Yeah. I, so I like I think he makes an immediate impact. I think that's why he I think that's why they brought him in. Yeah, twenty nine percent isn't great. TJ Haas had a season where he was like thirty one percent and kind of lowish and then helped go up once the staff kind of took over. So yeah, I'm I'm stoked, man. And it's been a it's been a minute, but we can finally talk about it. <laughs> okay, Yoli Childs is playing on the Lakers summer league team. What kind of chance do you give him of getting a regular season contract? Um, probably it's probably not great. Um, I certainly think he's going to have opportunities to play in the G League if he wants them. For sure. Um, but look, specifically with the Lakers, they clearly are signing guys to one year deals. You know, they're they're veterans. Made, veterans, yes. Yeah. And you know, since since Yoli played at BYU, everybody talks about age of BYU players. Maybe that'll fit in. He didn't maybe go that'll on a work. Mission, but yeah. Maybe that'll work in his favor. Who knows? Yeah, they're like, are you 34 and have played in the league eight years, and we know your name? <laughs> like even Malik Monk, you know, right. got signed. It was like, well, you haven't panned out very much. They have they're a fantastic team that would be unbelievable. In if it were 2012. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. It was 2012. They're winning. A Carmelo, LeBron, a Dwight Howard, Russell Westbrook. If they could afford Chris Paul. Goalie child, throw him in there. Just throw him in. No, I, I, maybe a two-way contract if they really, sure. really like him, but I'm not sure about kind of a regular season deal. That's a veteran group that is like the Florida Marlins trying to win that one-off title so LeBron can say, you know, outside of the – well, he can already say he's won three with three. But like, all right, a normal season, it wasn't – Yes. You know, the bubble in Orlando. Yoli's going to have opportunities to earn a living playing basketball I, somewhere. I think he'll play a game in the NBA this year. I think someone will give him a shot. 
I'm hoping. I, I, that would not if surprise not, he's going to make good money overseas. That's what I mean. He, in the G League is okay. But yeah. He's he's going to be paid to play basketball for his career, and there's nothing wrong with that. Yeah. All right, coming up, a, a rise and shout out. The only Laker that I've ever or will ever cheer for. I can't say will ever. Maybe Jimmer plays there. Who knows? You didn't cheer for George Mikan? And the latest 10 and 10 is about opponent traditions. Michael Cooper, then. This is BYU Sports Nation. BYU Sports Nation is presented by the BYU Store. Official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. Tune in this Saturday as live sports are back on the BYU TV app. Watch as the BYU women's soccer team holds their blue-white scrimmage. Coverage beginning 9 Eastern on the BYU TV app. Step I can't on the wait. call. I can't wait. Step on the call. Let's go. Welcome back to BYU Sports Nation live from Studio B. Great to have you. Let's get to this week's edition of 10 in 10. Hit it. 10 lists in 10 weeks. It's Jerem, 10 and 10. Presented by Tim Daly Nissan, part of the Tim Daly Auto Group, serving Utah since 1968. This week, I look at the top 10 traditions of the opponents. Number 10, Baylor. The Baylor line is a line composed of entirely new students. They all wear jerseys with the nickname, graduation year on the back. Students rush the field before each home game, unlike Utah after, and make a tunnel for the football team to run through at the start of each game. So we'll see this. In October. There's a great picture of it. I love it. Are, are, is anybody in the line aware of how big this reunion of these two teams are? Eric Mateos! 1983 Well, then remember, somebody Rhymes. said that, that finally these two teams are back playing each other. Finally. Yeah. It's, oh, yeah. yeah. Happy schedules. Yes. Made it like, like, it's one of the most play. anticipated reunions. No. Like, what? No, Who? Sorry. What? Number nine, Arizona. Bear Down serves as the Wildcats' battle cry. In 1926, star John Salmon relayed the message... Tell them to bear down, coach, to his teammates from his deathbed, and it's been the battle cry ever since. That's the thing everybody knows yes, about Arizona. It's I it's one of it's actually one of my favorites. I love the term bear down. I think it's really cool. No word on if the team actually won that game. <laughs> Number eight, Utah State. Written by Ebenezer Kirkham, the Scotsman song is sung immediately after the fight song and is accompanied by a synchronized arm movement. Some think it resembles milking a cow, others disagree. It celebrated a one hundred year anniversary in twenty eighteen. We have somebody in the studio, or excuse me, in the uh, control room that could tell us whether or not it does resemble milking a cow. That would be our producer, Ben Megan. Number seven, South Florida. The green and gold guys, painted and shirtless, are at all home football and basketball games. Mel J. Bateman, not a fan. Even make road game appearances. <laughs> in 2002, a second painted group of students called the Beef Studs emerged. Remember the Bulls. Today, the Beef Studs and Beef Babes are a staple at all home football and basketball games. I, uh, I feel like sh- I should I, say I, I, that like Keanu Reeves. <laughs> the Beef Babes. I, I, are we sh- I'm not sure we should be talking about this. Are we allowed to talk about this? The Beef Babes? I don't know. Number six, Virginia. Break the Rocks, a relatively new tradition since 2018, but after every win, head coach Bronco Mendenhall selects a player to smash a rock with a sledgehammer of the opponents to who's just beat. You couldn't, you couldn't, that's a cool idea. That, why, why wasn't that implemented at BYU? Well, once you make $3.5 million, you start getting different ideas. <laughs> Number five, Georgia Southern. Freedom Flight is a tradition where a real, live American bald eagle, mascot named Freedom, takes flight over the field at each home game. After the Freedom Flight, students can take their picture with the eagle named Freedom. That's, that is that's cool. That is very, very cool. And the fact that his name is Freedom, I'm assuming him, I don't know. It. It. 
is Team named him. Freedom. I'm not exactly sure. That is very cool. Yeah. I like that tradition. Number four, Boise State. The Smurf turf, also known as the blue, is one of the most recognizable fields in college football. It's not true that birds dive into it thinking it's water. That's a complete myth. How is it? I thought that that's, that is almost on every broadcast. So that's been a lie, that's a lie every single time they bring it up? That's a lie. Yeah. That's not true. Is that Wikipedia saying it's a lie? That's Boise State saying it's a lie. Or they just don't want to, they just don't want to admit don't that want birds admit. are dying on their field. Well, Boise State died on this field against BYU. <laughs> Number three, Utah. The crazy lady, that's her nickname, is a super fan who does a wild choreographed dance at the end of the third quarter while the band plays her song. Her name's Terry Jackson. Terry Jackson. She made a list of the top 20 super fans by ESPN in 2010. Fun fact, Jackson took over for Bubbles, who was a lady who similarly danced but didn't renew her season tickets in 1998. Okay. I, I, After Ryan Kinoshiro missed the okay. kick against... You, She's like, I'm out. Okay, honest question. I thought the crazy lady was no more. Oh, not not, no, not not that she no. I, I believe she's among. I believe I she is among us. One of my youth fans. Okay, no. I, and sa- I said, "Is the crazy lady still doing her thing?" And he said, "Yes." Okay, I thought they stopped putting it on the video board though. They they it may, maybe and this was like a couple years ago. And again, oh, I don't pay attention, so I don't know. It's still a great tradition. Okay, so because they, they used to put her like I think it was in between the third and the fourth quarter, they would put her on the the yep. video board. Yep. And somebody, I thought I they stopped listening. doing that. I don't know. But I, I haven't been to a Utah game. I, yes, again, I don't know, but yeah. yes. Okay. okay. Number two, USC. Traveler is a pure white horse that appears at every USC home game. The horse is ridden by a Trojan warrior, has been the mascot for decades. USC's drum major also goes out to midfield and stabs a sword into the field. I love Traveler. Yes, it's one of the great things of college football. The pageantry, that's one of the great ones. And the number one tradition of BYU opponent, Washington State. The Cougars' most well-known tradition is how the old, the flag Old Crimson has been flown at 257 straight college game days. That's since 03. Old Crimson even has its own Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram accounts. When game day came here in 09, I interviewed the flag bearer of Old Crimson. Really? It was cool. That's yeah. very cool. Yeah. And those are the top 10 traditions of the opponent. What would you say BYU's uh, top tradition is? Cosmo dancing? It goes viral. Popcorn popping on the apricot tree? Uh, cougar tail? Cougar tail. Is, Growing is tortillas used to be one. <laughs> on the field. <laughs> Super random, right? Uh, let's start some new The greatest tradition has been winning, typically. But uh, yes. hope we can get back to more of that. Absolutely. All right, coming up, our elite voice of the day. And rise and shout out. Who gets them? Do you get one? We'll see. This is BYU Sports Today. This portion of BYU Sports Nation is presented by the Tim Daly Auto Group. Serving Utah since 1968. This portion of BYU Sports Nation is presented by Mountain America Credit Union. Guiding you forward. BYU Sports Nation is always on demand via the free BYU TV and BYU Radio apps. You better download those because a lot of games and shows are coming your way. That's right. And if you would like to download, just Google BYU Sports Nation podcast while you're there. Subscribe, rate, and review. Our question of the day, what's your reaction to the BYU Royal Rush uniform combo for the Arizona game? Greg Schaefer on Twitter. Inject it into my veins. (laughs) Can't wait to see this on the field. It's going to look really nice. The helmet. The helmet is like the, the uniform has always looked great. Adding the helmet to it is going to be next-level stuff. Now, the Navy uh, helmet was worn in the 60s, and obviously there was a Navy helmet in the early 2000s with uh, that abomination of set of uniforms. <laughs> but a royal helmet, 
I'm trying to recall. Is this a first in BYU history? I, I, I'm trying I, to recall I, can, I cannot remember it. It's a pretty cool look. It is an unbelievably cool look. At Tyson Peterson on Twitter, if we're playing in Darth Vader's helmet, <laughs> Allegiant Stadium, and we're blue, we must be Luke Skywalker. Okay. Okay, a little Return of the Jedi action. We had this debate Wait, earlier he had a green, today. Did he have a green saber? Yeah, he, he started out with blue, then he lost it, and then he made a green one for Return of the Jedi. Did he have a blue one in uh, in the in, in the Cloud first, City? Yes, first in that two. Battle? Uh-huh. Okay, yeah. Once uh, and he didn't really f- once use... Vader once Vader uh, chopped the hand off the uh, the lightsaber, and then fell. he co- he gets more kyber crystals and composes another one. By the way, on Tatooine. By the way, spoiler alert: cut his hand off. Oh my gosh! For those who haven't seen Empire. By the way, we had a debate earlier today: better Skywalker, Luke or Kenny. Most of the audience is going, I don't know who Kenny Skywalker is. New York Knickerbocker. His name was Kenny Walker, but he was such a high-flying dunker that they named him Kenny Skywalker. Like 88 or something. At Bobo underscore Sarah on Twitter. (laughs) They are slick. I wish I could be there in person. Go. Do it. Buy tickets. I like these so much. Apply to our giveaway. Maybe you'll win. Yes. I like these so much that I think they will likely end up as my favorite all-time unis. Okay. We can't wait for the season to get started in the uh, bubble house. Go Cougars. Hashtag Royal Blue Crew. Yeah, it's a slick look, man. You, you, know, you know why? Part of the reason, um, you know, alternate uniforms and whatnot happens. The swag. Yeah. Okay, for the players, but also the merch for the fans. Yes. It's awesome. You Uniform, make more money that way. Uniforms. And look, Oregon started all this. Uniforms are so much more important today than it was five, ten years ago. It's not, it, it does mean something. Yeah. It is a big, yeah. big deal. Our Elite Voice of the Day is presented by Sundance Mountain Resort. Brian Buss on Twitter. Sweet! It's a royal flush in Vegas. Ooh, What's more what appropriate did. for Vegas? I see. I well, see. Very nice. Well done there. Today's Rise and Shoutouts are presented by Mountain America Credit Union, the official credit union of the BYU Cougars. Who gets them? Uh, I will not be rooting for the Lakers. However, I will be rooting for Yoli Childs, and he had a fantastic debut last night with 10 points. Awesome to see him having some success in his uh, debut with the Lakers in the Summer League. And you went to some Summer League games. I was at the, I was at the, the Jazz, Jazz Summer ones. League yeah. last night. Yeah, I'll be there again tonight and then on Friday. They used to all be at Salt Lake Community College. That's now right. Spread out. That's right. It used to be Westminster before that. Not to be confused with West Minister. Minister. Correct. Uh, and uh, shout out to Dr. Nixon, Billy Nixon, and BYU Equipment for really bringing it with that first game uni. I'm excited to see what they do for game two against Utah. Okay, thanks to today's guest, Kalani Sitake. Always good to talk with the coach. Conversation continues 24-7 on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. Always use hashtag BYUSN. Sorry to Dennis. No time, bro. For Jason, I'm Jerem. Shout out to Richard Adams. We'll see you tomorrow on BYUSN. It is the start. Look at that. A full camp, baby. Look at that look. No coops. Against Arizona. Bringing it.